Do not readjust your radios. This really is episode 26 of the stupendous Whippets and Black Caps, changing lives across this Lowry painting-esque north of England, clearing up and cheering up your dank, grey, monotonous, simple souls. We have our very own simple Simon in Mark Flanagan, who'd follow you over the cliff if you jumped off, and a man who grew up in pig shit in Hull. Let's face it, what's not covered in pig shit in Hull, in the former capital of culture? The former capital. Correct. The former capital of culture. It's technically an investment centre, isn't it? What? The blisters. Which, which area needs investment? Ooh, Liverpool and Hull. Let's give him, ooh, we'll give him a nice badge, capital of culture. Pathetic. In the words of Sir Alan Partridge, how and why? John Wilkin, the former, former St. Helens star and former captain john wilkin not to be confused with the very good looking johnny wilkinson we're on itunes we're on podbean we're on twitter at whippets rl and we're at my house flat me casa to casa you flat apartment trust fund flat apartment um apartment just apartment a pin the picture he has many leather bound books not to quote um anchorman too much what 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 are the books over there on the, the shelves? They Old. are racing Ross. racing calendars. Calendars, yeah, racing calendars from going back to 1753. Bought in auction, uh, probably valued at don't burgle me, but probably valued at about hundred thousand pounds. Hundred thousand pounds. Well, the whole collection's here, Mark. Yeah. And don't how, really need them, do I? In the words of Alan Partridge, <laughs> how and why? Well, um, Daddy bought them in an auction. Oh, of course. So um, there's a lot of daddy. Probably could stuff put that hundred grand to something a little bit more mm. useful, couldn't I? Really? Some yeah, books but that, you've got a open. piece of history in your flat. I have, but you're not appreciating. History. I've also got a, a glass of Pinot Noir in my hand, actually. Um, Delicious. Which, which is, which is nice. Um, I'm, I'm on the waters. You're on the waters. Me too. So is John. Uh, <laughs> so what was that? That noise. Um, but it's a nice flat, isn't it, Mark? It's, John, John, you've been in before. It's, it's a lovely flat. What yeah. I like, what you've done is, it's a very contemporary building, but what you've done is integrated lots of, um, what I'd say, family heirlooms, mm-hmm. um, vintage pieces of furniture. We can hear there's a grandfather clock ticking in the background. Oh, there is. There's a skull the, lamp. There's, yeah, there's a there's skull a, there's of a, a lamp with family a sc- member. Yeah. If you were to burgle me, what would you choose? I would probably take the books now you've mentioned about <laughs> it. Or, you know, I'd take the 1985 bottle of Chateau Latour. Chateau mm, I like the shaggy rug you've got from Ikea. <laughs> I would just iron it up and thought that would look good in my apartment. That would be. Contrast. If, if Mark was a burglar, he would steal <laughs> the shaggy. I'd roll up the rug <laughs> yeah. He'd take and steal the teeth, your mattress. The teeth, the teeth whitening strips out of the bathroom <laughs> and the eye Ikea rug. Uh, I'm a simple modern, man with modern simple man. taste. He's a modern man. Um, John, you've got a book in your hand, actually. I what have, are you yeah. Well, well, because you've got many, many books with um, historical content. I picked up the 1983 uh, Guinness Book of Records. Any, any reason you picked year. up that year? year? The year I was born. The year you were born. Any, well, just, any stats that, that sort of... Um, well, I, I've got probably sidetracked. I, I was probably going to look for some sporting stats. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, I got sidetracked by the heaviest dog in the world, <laughs> Wait, uh, weighing in at 120 kilograms. Ooh. In fact, I got stuck on the heaviest section. The heaviest ice cream sun, <laughs> heaviest ice cream Sunday in 1983 was not sure. 180 kilograms, 2,000 pounds. 
Ooh, in so weight. you got one metric and one imperial. Ooh. Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, inconsistent. So is that dog Baggins? bigger or smaller yeah. than you, Mark? That's about the mm. bit, bit bigger than you. That dog is not 120 kilograms. I'm 98. Um, a Burgess twin is around 120, I think. Is yeah, it? so it's what, what is an Alex Warms about 120? No, he's he's only a 108 man. Is it balls? Yeah. He is. Is it? He's 108. Yeah. How's his neck? <laughs> it's like we were just segued into just a really normal conversation. Yeah, how's his? He's fine. He, apart from it was broken. Mm. Apart from well, that. Do you have a broken neck and then? Yeah, well. Scratched, little, just rubbed it and then. Yeah, no, I don't want to bang on about it. So you're anyway. quite tough, are you? Yeah. Not, Very tough. Not the soft, softest man in rugby league, according to one no. Willie Mason. Oh, no. shit. Well, yeah. He came up. We're talking about toughness. Well, so I'd just, should we? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, you've gone there early, Mark. You've gone there very, very early. Do, can you remember the exact words of the tweet? Uh, no. Shall I just get that up? The world's biggest gambling win in 1983 was 770,000 pounds. <laughs> it doesn't seem too concerned by Willie Mason's okay. opinion. I'm just I need to get. Nah. We need to, just for the you know for the purpose of accuracy. Uh, let's get this tweet exactly right. Let's see if it's still on there. Actually, did he take it down? It's his. It's his last tweet. It's his last active tweet. Uh, this tweet uh, happened three days ago. Uh, coincidentally, that was the day of uh, St. Helens Challenge Cup final. The record number of goals in a season was 228 by David Watkins of Salford Ooh, that's good. in 1983. David Watkins, David Welsh Watkins. fella, yeah. I think. Um, Willie Mason, WMN. This isn't the singer who sang Oxygen. This is the rugby league star. Was that Willie Nelson? That was Willie no, Mason. Was Willie Mason. Yeah. Willie Nelson was good as well. Leave the music to us, mate. Free Willie was good. Oxygen. That one. Yeah. Um, 138 retweets, 284 likes. I think one of those 138 was probably myself. Why don't we go through? Well, I mean, why don't you, John, go through the 284 likes and put them on your hit list? No, why? So you recognise? Too okay. short, so anyway, the tweet is uh, whoever that John Wilkin, small J for oh, John, that. is for Saint Helens, is the biggest cat ever Meow. to play rugby league. Meow. Does he mean pussy by cat? Or yeah, he means a fanny, doesn't he? Why didn't he need to say that? Um, because he's an Aussie, so he's probably a hybrid, like watered-down American to start with. Um, so he's using some of their terminology that okay. he's stolen. Why does he think you're a pussy? Because uh, what? Because he's probably got an IQ of 40. Mm-hmm. And it, what was his, his modus operandi when he played rugby was to be basically a knob in fact the most probably telling thing that he did in the last 10 years of his career was wear a player mic when he was on the bench did he wore a player mic when he was on the bench yeah so he was on the bench complaining about why he wasn't on oh was it was it Newcastle yeah and that's probably the you know well done Willie we're all proud of you not you know so you refute his claims no I just think the emptiest vessels make the loudest noise he's obviously got some he wants attention for whatever little attention he gets from that, he wants it. So Do you any cattish um, behaviours in the game? Now, when he when he came over to OKR and he was robbing a living, I I mentioned that on the BBC. So you think it's retribution? Oh, here we not go. Really, oh, here we go. Not really. I think he just saw me get smashed by that Garcia. So did then, he? How did he see this on the BBC? You called him out, did he, on the BBC? I don't know. I'm just trying to piece it together, dogs. piece yeah. piece this together. Not, Has it troubled you? Not at all. No. Um, because at the end of the day, look, he's got an opinion. It's formed for whatever reason. Like, Would you like to fire back whilst we're on air now? Not really. Are what? you scared of Willie Mason? No. God, like I said, what did he do in his career? He knocked Stuart Fielding out and then he wore a player mic on the bench. <laughs> well Quotation marks. Yeah, good hair for a bit. He played for Australia. He was a good, a good player, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. 
just trying to look through some of the comments on it it was Uh, was good yeah uh, Arise Sir Gareth says lasted longer in Super League than you have or ever will (laughs) thanks Sir Gareth yeah that's uh, John's cousin yeah well I think longevity is in the tick in my box Uh, performance at the weekend was probably a cross in the box uh, Dominic Monaghan says the same Willie, Willie Mason who came to Super League when Jamie Peacock retired question mark yeah I think what they were saying is he just came he cashed in at the end of his career he didn't, he didn't have any loyalty he just followed the money around did he for a while Dan says here's the hero you elbowed a defenceless halfback in the face three seconds after a kick that's a cat John Wilkin has had 15 years worth of contracts at one of the best clubs in the world captain that side and played for Great Britain You've had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? it? It was good. I like that. Carol Wilkin. Wilkin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, I think, look, in sport, people have opinions, don't they? Um, We find that these days, a lot of ex-pros try and stay relevant by being controversial. Yeah, I mean... Joey Barton, he's been quite um, renowned in football. Gary Schofield. Gary Schofield's Mm. very good at it. Mm. He's, um, yeah, do you remember when we played in the grand final against Wigan and, did you um, play in the grand final yeah, did and I played half halfback back. I wasn't yeah. a proper halfback just kind of was did named. a job yeah did a job he said we'll never win a grand final with Mark Flanagan playing halfback well I mean, he was wrong wasn't he and thanks to Ben Flower getting sent off he was wrong I think look I, I, I wonder this like when I finish will I have really sort of balanced opinions on things or will I become like really cynical and, and bitter about the sport and and will you be then become a negative sort of sort of outspoken negative influence on the sport and stuff and I really hope I'm not because well, I think the, the, the game's given us both a great living and a great experience so I think yeah. it'd be it's quite poor form to, to well it is it's just his opinion though and, and it is because mm. he said it, it doesn't mean it's true like and it doesn't mean is it, it not no, it's just his opinion, isn't it? And the way he articulated it is his his own way of communicating. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of replies here. I don't want to do more. Kev says taxi for Wilkin. It's probably a good press for the podcast, though. That's, well, that's on tick. that subject, Peter tick, Peter Bain says, "Why don't you send it, Willie, as a question to Whippets and Flat Caps?" Mm. And we've 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 addressed it now, haven't we? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, no, I think we've. Yeah, it's. It is what it is, isn't it? John, talk amongst yourselves with Mark. I know that's going to yeah. be difficult just for 30 seconds. Because like, there's a fly that's troubling you here. Just talk at me if you want. What I have is a tool which you, I think you might be impressed with. So just talk, uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'm just going to go the cupboard. Does it mean death for the fly? Is it zapper? We're interested. Will is leaving. Is it electric? He's leaving his uh, living room. He's gone into his bedroom. Is it which, neon? Which, which is the same room. Mm. Uh, hybrid. Studio. He's got one of those beds that flips down from the wall. And he's come out with... A uh, large rubber fist. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's a fly. a fly. So what I have here is, uh, may to you, Mark, to the untrained eye, seem like some sort a of tennis bat, squash tennis racket, bat, tennis bat, squash racket. Yeah. Um, however, this is no normal squash racket. This is a squash racket which has a button, and as you can see, when you press this button, it goes red. And, and this electrocutes anything that comes into its sight. If you were to touch it with your finger, what would happen? You'd probably die. Would you? I, I There's killed, a lot of voltage in that. I killed a moth last Duracell night. Battery. I killed the a very moth. big moth. Can you see the remains of the moth on the top, are John? You, are you, top of the racket. Yeah. Would you? Are you, are you suggesting that, that I find Willie now. Mason and hit him with this? And hold the button at the same time. Come on, death. Yeah, but not is there. Is there? Where is it? It's behind John, Will. Press the button at the same time as electrocuting the player. Careful. Let it fly. 
Let it. You missed it. I, would, you, you, I don't think I did miss it. You did. She's great listening to, okay. the, to, to all the Whippets and Flat Cabs fans. <laughs> Do it to John's my... got a bat. He's going to hit me with it. Careful. Careful. Stop. Okay, stop. Stop. Who's going to run your coffee shop? Right. Uh, give me the bat. Back. Yeah, no, you, no, no, I'll keep the okay, bat. Just now. leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we've gone off piece there. <laughs> <laughs> we got sidetracked. <laughs> um, John, what do you want to talk about? Because uh, me, Carol, who's your mum, uh, Phil, your father, uh, your wife, Francesca, we all came down. All your close, yeah. cl- all your close friends well, and family came to the match. I'm sure he was really asked about that. It's worth saying that Willie's Mason's comments are obviously relating to our performance uh, in the semi-final of the Challenge Cup against Catalan Dragons, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was shite. Like it wasn't great at all the first half was a bit like a really bad sort of dream that you you sort of expecting to wake up from but it didn't didn't happen and credit why, to Catalan why why why, why? I, I thought they came with a really strong game plan I thought they played I thought they executed it well they were aggressive against us um, the usual sort of flow, ebbs and flows of our patterns of play that we've been used to doing and getting away with or, or executing we couldn't because of how aggressive they were it took us far too long to sort of realise that, and uh, also we we just handed them the the ball, which in rugby league retaining possession is crucial. Mm. Um, much like you say, Barcelona in football, they they became the team that just didn't give the ball away and made themselves hard to beat. Well, we just as a, a stat, I think Catalan had nineteen sets of six in the first half, and we had nine or ten. So they had twice the amount of possession. We'd made 200 tackles. Robes did something silly like... 70, 70, 72 tackles in the game. And, and they just they just tired, tired James out. They yeah. did something similar Well, to we me. discussed this early in the season after we played against Saints and, and we both commented that um, your pack's quite small for, yeah. compared to other other forward packs in the league and you, but you've you got really good leg speed and you're you fit and you're... But you're you're not as big and as robust as some of them. Now, Catalans have a they're massive the, massive pack. They're actually the opposite of us, yeah, aren't they? They're so different. So yeah. with them having all the ball, that's going to sap your energy yeah. in that heat. So I think of another saying of yours is a team's biggest strength is also the biggest weakness. Yeah. What was going so well earlier in the season probably well, affected I, you at the weekend. I, I just felt if we could get into half time and it'd be twelve nil, fourteen nil, you know, around that mark, we'd win. Yeah, I, I knew we'd win. We'd yeah. come back from that. Those three tries, right at the death. I think they were winning. It was fifteen nil, and they scored a few, you know, two or three tries right near the death, didn't they? Yeah. And that that was it. That was the game. The game was done. It was finished. And, and don't get me wrong, there was a chance we could have come back and won it. But you're in a semi-final of a cup. Like Catalan were highly motivated. The season was pretty much hinged on that game. Mm. I think one thing, looking back, they had eight weeks to think about that game. All they had on their minds was winning that semi-final. And I think in sport, that that focus on how important that game was, was maybe something... We've been of the mentality of really just each week, as it comes, let's play that game and win that game and move on. And that's great, but the Challenge Cup semi-final was just a bit of a bigger event than that. We probably needed to give it, with all due respect to Catalan, we needed to give them more attention. And look at what they would have been doing and doing well, and probably you know I think we we we, we were a bit not 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 um, we we were we were understood how difficult the task was going to be, but 
you know, like I said, I think they've spent eight weeks studying us, you know, to get to that final and good, good on them. But isn't it interesting that what we were talking about the other week when we did the Super League show was Garcia and drink water and... And you, oh, like, you did the Super League show? Yeah, I did the, yeah, yeah. You've done yeah. it once before, Mark. You was yeah. a guest, maybe. But, yeah. yeah, no, I've been blacklisted. But um, mm. who's, who got blacklisted? Me. Oh, Two, yeah, you just didn't say anything and then just, just made really dry one-liners every yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> yes and no answers. He shut down. He started, what do you think of this? Yeah, oh, that was good. How's your season going? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, but on a serious You're point. You're losing all the time, though, What do you think? Dogger. Dogger. A serious point. You just said it there. You knew what was going to happen. You knew where their threats were. Garcia, Drinkwater, and they—I they, mean—they—they they did blow you away. Yeah, I think one, one thing. There's there's a few things in in rugby that you you have to control to win games. One is possession, so you need to keep hold of the ball. And the second thing is 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 the speed of the ruck. Now, I don't think I've played in many games where you've lost the battle of both of those things and win. I've played in teams where you have done it and it's just been a fluke. And you, but if you play against any good rugby league side and you don't control possession and you lose the ruck, you are sending yourself into a bad place. And let's not forget, Catalan were probably the form, one of the form teams going into that semi-final. So you do that against a good side, you are pretty much writing, you know, it's your own death, death warrant. You are gone. You, you 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 cannot come back from that and I thought that's what we did and look I think the instinctive thing now is for everybody everybody in the competition was not hoping that that would be the result but was looking at Saints and thinking when are they going to trip up now as soon as we've lost a game and a big game all of the comparisons to Castleford last year are coming all of the comparisons to maybe how they performed last year are coming People are saying, here's, here's how to beat St. Helens. This is how you do it. Really, I just don't subscribe to any of that. I think we, the things we could control, and they're not necessarily the things that I think Catalan did well to beat us. The things that we could control, if we had controlled those, we would have been in that game. Well and truly, it'd have been a close game, but we'd have been in it, and we'd have had a chance. Well, to you win. were in it in the second half. There was a period where the momentum was with you guys, and you thought, "Hold on a sec, this you could." And you, I could see no, you. It was a long shot, though. That yeah, yeah but I could see when you had some, you had some fire in your belly in that second half. Yeah, but that's when, 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 when. But it's easy to do that when things have gone. You know, the disappointing thing was when, when we needed to at the start of the game, we didn't do it, and and, and when. Games are gone. It's easy to play well then because there's no pressure. And 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 the other side, uh, what basically what happened in the second half is we had 50-50 possession pretty much. In fact, we had less than that, but we 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 didn't. You know, it wasn't 75-25. So how do which, you how do you feel now? How does the John Wilkin at 34? You 34 now? Nearly 35. 34. 30, yeah. 34 losing a Challenge Cup semi-final compared to. Eight years, ten years ago. Do you know, sport's not sentimental, right? And so, the thing is with me is, I knew that that was potentially my last chance to get to a Challenge Cup final with St. Helens. Like, I knew that. Um, And I didn't want to make it or feel like it was anything, that that was a big part of the build-up to it. And I sort of blocked out that feeling of this is my last chance to play at Wembley, potentially, potentially. Mm. Um, and I didn't really address that. I didn't. 
I think what I did was I kind of blocked that out before the game and I thought, well, nah, it just is what it is. We'll, but it's we'll not going to play you when it make you play any better. No, it doesn't. I, I, it so doesn't at all. I, I agree, it, do, it doesn't. But um, when we finished the game, it dawned on me. I was like, look, I'm probably, that's me, Challenge Cup-wise. Well, having played with John, I remember this really well. When we played together, every year in the Challenge Cup, we'd get to quarters or semis and you'd always say, this is like... like Wembley this year and I remember you'd always make a mark of mentioning Wembley because yeah. it was something special it was something you really had your eye yeah, on yeah. and I knew probably the same as you this might be your last chance to play there yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, I, was, I was really gutted I was gutted for you because I, I know yeah. how much it meant to you and I know like, I've never played there but when I probably look to, towards retirement or I'm, not, I'm probably not far off but I've got a few years in me but to have it in your mind that you might not reach the pinnacle it's, it yeah. must be pretty tough yeah and I think because for me I've played at St Helens and I've been look I've been really fortunate to play at the club for as long as I have and um, you know at that start at the start of my career if you're really brutally honest so you take for granted getting there mm. so four five we should have got there in five we didn't four we got there and beat Wigan six we got there seven we got there eight we got there and we won mm. And at that point of your career, I'm 24, I'm 25, it just felt like that's what we did. We just went to Wembley every year. Yeah. And little did I know at that point, at 20, if I could speak to myself in 2008 again, walking around the field at the end of the game and, and enjoying it. Was that it, the last time you played that? It was 10 years ago. And was that was new if, Wembley if still, I could have was told that... myself yeah. then, like time travel yeah. is probably the least, you know, imaginative thing to do if you could time travel is to travel back to Wembley in 2008 and tell mm. a young John Wilkin like what to do but I would have told myself to really relish that and enjoy it more mm. than probably what I did not but really take it in really take it in because you might or you will not get the chance to go there again mm. I believe from 2008 to now we'd, I'd win a Challenge Cup final again mm. that's how big and, the Challenge Cup this, is to you is it? yeah and this is the first when we lost, uh, it was Monday afternoon, and I was sat there, and I realised, you know, that I wouldn't ever do it again. And that, it's not sad. It didn't make me sad, but it, it, it just—it's like the end of a really beautiful chapter in my career. That, and I felt like that. You know, you know when um, uh, Kev Sinfield and JP retired and they had that season and they ended up winning it and they was doing it and I think a little bit of me entertained that we are going to do that this year mm. and I thought I just could see us doing it all and do you know whenever you think like that in sport you get caught out and I, and I was filthy on myself for even entertaining that as a thought and it's ne I've never really done it in my career and I can only put it down to the time of my career the end towards the end of my career that I felt like that and, and and you can tell yourself that you didn't but you do start to believe those things yeah I think we're all romantic oh, when, no, it yeah. to, when it comes to sport it's it's great to, for players or teams to have a happy ending and and for it all to play out like a storybook but we all know that's not the case because no. sure Catalan the Catalans boys have got their own little Imagination about what they what they probably see as as a romantic fairy tale. So I need to interrupt. Have I miss, have I missed something? I know I've been away this week, but you said this is your last chance. This is all that. So you leave me St Helens. Um, well, I'm, I will not be playing for St Helens next season. No. Not be playing for St Helens next season. No. Wow. Okay. 
how does that feel? Um, yeah, look, like I said, it's a tough time to ask me that question because of what's just happened. Um, I think it's something for me, Will, to think about at the end of the year. I'm not, I'm not sure like what to say about that now we're not, like, we're not, we're not asking where you're going or anything like that but, but, no, that's, no, but I, you've I, just revealed you're not so it's not a massive surprise to everyone no no but that must be you must be quite reflective at the moment yeah yeah I I, I think um, the weekend that's just gone and when you we won 14 games on the spin so we've kind of forgotten how to lose at St. Helens which is no bad thing Like, and mm. the feeling that it's left you with is actually look we're in a good position <laughs> Do you, want great, do you want to swap with me? We're in a great... Yeah, no, we are. I know we're in a great position, but it's it's just a weird time for me because I thought we'd go to Wembley this year and I thought I'd just... I've had this feeling that we'd go there and we'd You visualised it. it almost. Yeah, yeah, That's how it would end. And then I thought, you know, we're going places, but it's been just a, a reminder for me that, you know, that you've got to perform. You can't... There's no like romance in sport. It just is what it is. Results well, there is are. Roma- there is romance in sport. It's look, no, no, there I don't isn't. Think there is, no, no, there isn't. Performance in sport. Well, maybe is. from fan, a fan's point of view, there's romance in but sport. But there's performance in sport, and there's not. There's there's underperforming or not performing. And this year for us has been defined by performance, performing well, doing our job and doing it well. Mm-hmm. And the weekend was not a performance from us no. and that's why we're not in the final so do, do, do you feel sad the fact you're leaving Saints um, do I feel sad sad's the wrong word um, it's been well yeah it's 16 years of my life you know I've given and and do you know what like I could have left I could have left I could have left on you know four or five different occasions I could have earned more money for sure rugby's not been about money for me um, I had the opportunity to leave on a number of occasions but do you know what I never did because genuinely believed in what we were doing mm. and I, I wanted to be part of it I wanted to influence it I wanted to when it was even when it was shit do you know when it was horrible mm. and when things were tough and when we were getting heavily criticised I believed in it that much that I I wanted to be there to, to see it through you know I didn't didn't want to just walk away from something you know I wanted to be around you know and I'm I love. I do love the. I know everyone says that, and there's like the, this badge kissing mentality, and people come and go, and like I've given 16 years of my life to something. It's a long time. I love the club. I do love the club. I love what it's given me. It's given me everything in my life. It's given me huge opportunities to do things, to travel, to work in the media, to to meet people like us, meet people like Mark and and Will to a lesser extent. Um, to a lesser extent, Mark. Um, but. It, 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 there's um, <laughs> my father-in-law like I, I chat to him bits and bats about stuff like this and he reads uh, the Tao so you know this sort of deeply philosophical view on the world and what it is and he's like things are never not good or bad they just are what they are and I think I, I actually believe that do you know I believe I'm excited to do something else and is it good or bad that I'm not at St. Helens next year? It's neither. It just is what it is. Who, who knows you're leaving Saints? But you, um, my yeah. Family, yeah. Probably my family. And that's it, really. No. That's it? Yeah. Obviously, Saints know. Um, Justin Albrook knows, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, you can't tell us where you're going? Well, I don't, yeah, that's not for me to say, really. But you've got something sorted? 
Um, again, not for me to say, really. I'm not... Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's options. Yeah, you haven't signed anywhere, have you? There's options. But you've got options. Well, we'll talk about that when you do sign somewhere. But they, I, I don't know. This was a bit of a, a mic drop situation, Mark. I think no, I feel. Well, you, so, put, you, you did put him on the spot. Well, no, I, I, I just asked you knew before. Of today. course, I like, did. You're, you're, you're doing this for the sake of drama, no, pretending no, you didn't. Uh, does it not feel dramatic, Mark? Mark, does it not feel dramatic? I feel quite sad. Um, no, I thought it was. No, it's an end of an era. It's a sad thing. It's a sad day. He's got another yeah, but, but this seven is, games plus hopefully yeah. a semi-final and a final to go. There's, so. lo- there's loads more rugby to be played this year. And Joe, you know we had a chat about today at training. Man City last year because Man City people don't remember. Man City got beat by Wigan in yeah. the FA Cup. Yeah, and everyone was yeah, saying yeah. Man City are unbeatable and they're just going to yeah. win everything. And Wigan, a, you know, a, yeah. a, a lower league side knocked. Man City. So I'm saying it, it, this. It's hurt you, not you, the the collective you, yeah. Saint Helens, and and it's sort of it's burnt the beast. So yeah. what you're saying is beware, basically. Yeah, I think, I think in life there's checks and checks and balances. If you go too far in any direction, if there aren't checks and balances to like put you back in the right direction, people. That's when people just go fucking completely west or go off the rails or or things go badly wrong, don't they? So in family, your checks and balances in your life, your family are usually part of that checks and balance, aren't they? In sport, in such a brutal way, losing is a check and a balance, isn't it? It corrects your behaviour. And I think in sport, when you lose, it naturally pushes you towards the right path. Do you think it had been better if you'd lost the week before? 100%. Yeah. I'd have rather lost 100-0 against Warrington the week before. But you think you had had you lost to Warrington you would have played better against Catalan because um, was there was there yeah, that th- performance was coming where yeah, you were th- going to lose you're going to drop a bit of ball you're going to give penalties away people are going to be off colour and it was like the kick up the arse you needed yeah, at I, some point. I think we didn't play we played well defensively against Wigan but we were poor with the ball. Yeah. We were a bit poor defensively against Warrington, but just managed to sort of get They're a tough it team to break down Warrington, yeah. aren't they? And, and we, again, I just think maybe it was all building. It's easy. Look, Jesus, in sport, captain hindsight. You know, how many people have the right answers when things He'd be a better happen? captain than Robbie, wouldn't he? Yeah. Captain but, hindsight. Yeah. Captain hindsight. What number yeah. would he wear? He'd um, just choose the best whoever. Yeah. Whoever played better. Whoever played the previous better. week. Yeah. <laughs> It changes each week. Another match four, I'll take that. Yeah, hindsight's a, a marvellous thing in sport. And it's easy to come up with the answers after the event. The mm. reality is, I think we were, we were in training the other day and we had a video session after the game. And sort of one of the coaches went around and just said, what do you think? And I, it's one of the first times in my career I've looked, I just went, I just don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was upset with how we played. But, I think you know you need to understand what the, the the purpose of losing a game like that is, and if the purpose is to put us on the right track to win something else, then we've got to turn it into some kind of positive, you know. Mm. But sports like cruel is so cruel, isn't it? Like it is a cruel environment, and I, I reckon you're dead hard on yourselves. People are dead hard on yourself, you know. As players, you're dead hard on yourselves. You're dead critical. Performances analysed and scrutinised and. And that actually, when I finish, I'm looking forward to not being around. Do you know that really Scrutiny. brutal? Because nobody, if you haven't played sport at the top level, you don't know the feeling of losing in a big game. You don't know it. 
you don't know the feeling of winning and that's the other side of it that's the that's the beast isn't it so you've got the winning and the losing and the, the different sides of it but if you haven't played at top level sport I can't explain to you how losing a big game feels well try it's, it for example well, well, do it it's, you, you, because it's not just people say it's just a game but like you, you think about semi-final and the playoffs like in 15 we lost to Leeds and they beat Wigan in the final but you got to think what back from that game is ten and a half months of training from when you start pre-season, and uh, and then it's a career and it's it's a childhood playing sport that all gears up to potentially playing at a final. That might be your one chance to play at a Wembley or a Challenge Cup. Is yeah. so there's there's so much uh, effort and time and energy built up towards something, and when it's dashed in a semi-final or it's just you've been beaten by a better team or lost. There's a lot of build-up towards that that, that is not easy to, um, yeah, and to your explain. Fa- your failures in life, like, are not always public, or they shouldn't be. Like, many people fail and, and feel badly about what they've done, or maybe mm. perform poorly at work, and it's not a public thing. But what we do, and we get paid well to do yeah. it, but what we do is a public thing on display. Yeah. So, for example, today went into the coffee shop. The chef. Um, works with us love him but said what happened at the weekend people who mm. you chat to what happened you know what happened against Catalan and, well, that's and, how they would talk to like a fellow Saints fan or something isn't it that's how they yeah. would talk amongst fans oh, and, what happened to us it's yeah and it, it, that that for me is something I won't miss when I finish when I stop playing rugby I, I've 16 years of constantly being on this roller coaster of emotional mm. sort of yo-yoing up and down I hate that as well from, and, f- after a game if or if you're not played or you've not been picked, or you've lost, or you've had a shit game, a friend or a mate or somebody you know saying, oh, what happened on the weekend? Or why didn't you play? Or what happened with that drop ball? Or whatever it is. Having to explain yourself is the yeah. most frustrating. Because you want to be polite, and yeah. I do anyway. I always want to get back to people. But that's the most frustrating yeah. and annoying thing. that They but, don't know they're doing it. On, but, the, on the flip to that, though, I'm talking scrutiny in both ways. If we'd have won, mm. if we'd have won that game convincingly, it's the same. It's the exact same thing. Mm, yeah. Is out of walks in today, Matt the chef, our chef at PKB, we was on. <laughs> Bloody chef. hell, that went great. Well, yeah, what yeah. about the weekend? And like rugby is something I do. It's my job, and it does define you to some extent. But I'm looking forward to that not being part of the conversation. Yeah, with people. Well, in let, my let, life. let me interrupt yeah. there. So, so two points. All right, that from watching the game. Like I said, you did you did have a fire in your belly in the second half because I could I was obviously I was watching you a lot more than the other players just because it's interesting I find it interesting because I mm. think you're weird and I I like just watching you from a distance especially when you're playing, and you the the team in general there was there was a bit where you were sniffing it and thinking hold on a sec wasn't there in that second half where you thought like, well well actually even though we're what twenty twenty behind we could mm. still do this. To the point where, and I've seen the pictures, whether it's the Liverpool Lecker or whatever, where you're sat on the floor at the end of the game on the on the pitch, and your legs are spread, you actually look like you're giving birth. But you know, to, to that point, emotions that are going through your head. Then I know we've, we've touched on it there, but all all of these things that you've said, because one, you know that at that stage you're leaving Saints. You know this is your last opportunity. There's all the emotions that come with just normally losing a game, but all of that added stuff on top, which is I guess impossible to to get out of your head. Mm. at that time isn't it within those 40 minutes yeah yeah those they're all yeah that's what I'm saying I can't explain and Mark would we we would not be able to explain what that feels like the the added bit to the puzzle is obviously that I won't be playing in a Challenge Cup final for St. Helens again and that 
was the extra layer of... Does that affect performance, though, no, thinking things like that? No, because performance is really, is binary. Like, I think you either do it or you don't. Does emotion affect that? I think we, we overanalyse. Hindsight's, again, such a powerful thing that we use in sport of, you know, was, was this a factor? Was that a factor? Was this? Well, the reality is when you lose, you overanalyse everything. You think everything's a problem and you overanalyse yourself and you overanalyse your team and you'd start really scrutinising things. The prime example of this would be the week before against Warrington. So we just scraped by, just got the win and you probably underanalyse why that was such a close game. You do underanalyse victories but overanalyse... And when, when it's a loss, you like dig forensically into things to find something that you're looking for. Mm. You know, was what did I get? Why was I tired in the morning? You know, should I have had that coffee? You know, mm. in the morning, did you know? And those things are just unhealthy because performance is simple. You either do or you don't. Mm. I think that. I think sometimes I've had wins in the past where I felt we've not deserved it or we've been lucky with decisions, and then after the match, you've not really given um, the performance the credit or the discredit that it deserves. And then you can carry on with not taking full notice of where you went wrong or more so than where you went right. So I think sometimes winning, probably on that run of 14 games, you probably might have might have taken things for granted with things going your way when really you might not deserve a couple of those wins. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I think like we've got to retain some context. Things at St. Helens, where we are now as opposed to 12 months ago, like... You, it's just chalk and cheese yeah. in terms of where we're at as a club. You know, we're 10 points clear at the top of Super yeah. League and that ultimately is the biggest benchmark of consistency. We've been the most consistent side all year. Yeah. Does that give you a sort of a romance? Like, like I said to Catalan, credit to them. I think they spent eight weeks and prepared to win a game and they did that. And, and, I, and I must... And, go on. Yeah, go on. Go I was saying, I must say it's a massive turnaround from I remember when Cass beat you in the cup last year you said it's the lowest point of your career yeah yeah now with pretty much the, well Ben Barber would have been there when you played Cass away was it yeah yeah it was yeah. with the same squad to be arguably on apart from obviously the game of the weekend but winning 14 straight and dominating the league by so far that's, that's a, mm. in the space of 12 months the same personnel that's as big a turnaround I've seen a club make yeah yeah, yeah. which is credit to the team and credit yeah, to the coaching it's, staff it's, it's, yeah things are going well but this is the thing about sport again, is we, in 2005, we won the league by eight points mm. at Saints. We got beat by Hull in the Challenge Cup semi-final. We should have beat and we didn't. Um, and then we went on and we lost to Bradford in the semi-final and we didn't go to the grand final. Mm. So being the best side all year is great, but what does that entitle you to do? You know, what does it, it doesn't, it doesn't give you anything. Cass last year um, performed well all year, but didn't win anything. Mm. And I'm, you know, convinced we need to learn lessons from Castleford, from what Man City did last year, from what we did in 2005. We've got some learning to do. And in the harshest way possible, the loss at the stadium, which I'm not sure exactly what to call it. Is Macron. It Mac University of Bolton Stadium. Is it now? It was renamed. Well, while we're at that stage... Reebok, that, the I old Reebok. I, I want to go back and talk about, because you guys said there's no romance in sport, and I want to go back to that, and particularly you, John, now you've revealed what, what's happening. However, why you just mentioned that, I thought as a, again, from my point of view, um, a fan's point of view, that what a theatre, what a day. 
I know it wasn't a great result and I know all these emotions have come with it, but good, great stadium, yeah. really nice stadium. Jog geographically, apart from Catalan, very great for people to get to. And I just thought you had the dynamic of, of whenever Catalan scored, you had the Warrington and the Saints fans essentially cheering more than the Catalan fans. It was a great atmosphere. A double header for me definitely worked. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was just a great advert in general for, for rugby league. That was for me like going to a Premier League football match. And I know that I know that's that is not all right. What does that mean as a comparison? But that that's a huge compliment in terms of going to a Premier League football match that has huge drama involved. That that, that there was just there was raw emotion with the scorelines. Maybe not you know so much in the second game, but that you had the drama, you had the crowd, you had the weather. It just it was a great spectacle. Yeah, I thought it worked really well. I think what's the contributing factors to it working well? The stadium. I think that stadium suits rugby league. It's a close, tight stadium. Um, it's weather. not too not too big. The weather was great. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's just nice. Fits, fits nice. Fits in nicely. So, Mark, why, why, why you you've got my sort of tennis racket trying to electrocute flies while we're having a serious conversation? Yes. Why, why didn't you come um, on, on um, Saturday? I went, I went to the races, race, race, not racist. Went to the races. Went yeah. to the horse racing. Which is a really a weird bar in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Good name, right? The, the racist. See you down the racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you have to drink at the racist? Went to Guinness. the horse racist <laughs> with a few teammates and Marwan yeah. Kukash who invited us. Okay. Is there any particular reason you went to uh, that? Well, I, mean, I did you, mention... You did say all along you were yeah, coming you with me. Let me no, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you remember the week before I said that Marwan paid, well, said he was going to pay for our drinks on yeah. our um, team night out. Well, we actually, Luke Burgess and I actually paid for the drinks then we were going to get uh, reimbursed by mm. Dr Kukash um, he's still a doctor I, is he he is still you actually did invite me but then you only had two tickets no so. no, no 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 we had enough, so ti- we had so enough tickets fine. for you and your friends but um, carry on um, so yeah I did that instead okay and I knew John wouldn't be that bothered did you, I I mean, did, did you get your money back because that was the mission did, wasn't well, it well just waiting for a cheque to clear but fingers crossed okay so so <laughs> you, you essentially I mean let, let's give the figures you paid over a thousand pounds on a night out between um, I, mean, I, first, told, I told between your wife this 25 blocks yeah you didn't need to do that yeah. between 25 blocks it's not, it's not an awful lot really okay, but but it's, a big, it's a big night no, but. good on you. you 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 paid it out I mean but so are you confident of getting this money back from yeah. Dr. Kuka he doesn't have a great record with sort of giving money <laughs> out to not? people does he let's be honest does he not no I don't think he does oh. no I mean you, you do play for Salford don't you and I've always been paid well and on time. On time. <laughs> um, so you are com- like what you can say categorically is you're confident I, you'll get the money back. Yeah, well, I don't want to dwell on this point too much, but I will confirm next week okay. whether I have been paid. Sorry, yeah. I've just zapped Did the get fly. Yeah. No, he didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, Mark, Neither got it. Mark, there is one direction you've got to hit with that. It's always the same direction. What? So, Do you? Yeah, right-handed. Does it right- not go left... Is it no, not no, like it's a, a, one, dire- it's a one direction electrocution. Back and forth. One direction. Um, great band as well. Um, so I mean John obviously you know you're going to say no I know but you've got is no, this, no sorry, qualms sorry, just that Mark didn't wait, come to the game just to interrupt is it this way or that so where the light right, the light right hand press the button it's probably not great for podcast material but press the button and zap the fly with your right hand I'm and holding the mic with the right hand we'll just swap it over yeah, I mean, just put the mic down no one even cares <laughs> 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 ah. oh, oh it's not like a tricky <laughs> So no, no problems. He, he, he no. didn't turn up. No, 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 no. He's, he was probably no. busy. Because no, I, I felt there'd be, it'd be a nice moment. To, and now you've revealed all this sort of stuff. There's no, a good, no, good no, moment no. to be there. And, no. And, and, um, John knows I've been through thick and thin. Yeah. I don't. I don't can, give a toss among, about stuff. Monkeys. Like can, can we get a refund for the box at Wembley? That we paid did for? you? Did you get one? <laughs> we did pay for a box. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, you can still go. It'd be a great game. Yeah. 
Um, Warrington and Catalan. Mm. Do you want to come, John? Well, I wonder what will happen because Warrington, well, Catalan for me was was always a difficult um, concept in the the Challenge Cup final, isn't it, for the RFL? Mm. Remember, we played in 2007 and it was, I think, as I remember, tough work selling Mm. tickets because, I mean, they will travel and they they get well supported. But I really hope that 10,000, 15,000 Catalonians come over. So going back Lots to... Lots of nice cheese and wine. Mm. Going back to romance in sport, because mm. I think, I, I feel like we've just kind of... Got, obviously, I've known that you've been leaving Saints, John. We've had to keep it quiet. In a sanctum, aren't you, Will? I know exactly, you're where, I know exactly where you're going. Can I, I clarify my, can I clarify my... What I mean by there's no romance in sport? Go on. Because for every story that we write where there is, there's a hundred stories underneath that where there isn't. So romance does exist in sport, but it's a very minor, small percentage of events in sport, actually, where there's a bit of a compelling reason. Well, Do you know that, romance like, in sport is like fate, isn't it? Yeah. But, but it doesn't I, exist. I don't believe in those things. Let me exist. interrupt you both again. Okay. Mark, I do it to you a lot. Often. And, I, and, and I you enjoy, enjoy it. it. <laughs> I do enjoy it. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Yeah. I spilled wine all over my beard. Mm. Um, so, okay. Here's, here's from, and I'm not speaking for the fans, obviously, because the people that listen to this are nothing to do with where I grew up and where I come from and so on I'm speaking from my heart and my soul that's John. the first time okay in so does he have a soul for oh, example since he met Bruce Springsteen from oh Bruce did you see his autobiography on my desk I over did. there Mark maybe we should read a passage from that later but anyway next Bruce to Razzle safe. <laughs> he's actually on top of a, a stool test which I'm about to do um, where you shit in about 17 test tubes and send it off to have your bacteria analysed in your small intestine. See if you're still to a, man, to a man in a shipping container in Salford saying, uh, we've got another one. Just tell him he's we've vegan. We've got another one. He's, yeah, tell him, tell him he's intolerant to meat. He's, he's intolerant to Bruce Springsteen. Um, anyway, so look, the, from a fan's point of view, and I think you two, for example, and players in general, fail, and including your, your father, Mark, Terry Flanagan. Oh, he's brought because the family. I, no, no, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So I think because you play, um, and it's so regular, and it's a conveyor belt that, all right, we've got a game here, it's a Challenge Cup, fucking last 16 match, whatever, we've got a game here. You know, it's, just con- it's constant, isn't it, throughout mm. those eight months. So I genuinely think, and especially when you're in the twilight years of your mm. career, John, you are. I mean, how many, like, one word answer, how many more years do you think you're going to play? Uh, up to six. Well, that's not true, no. is it? Come on. How well, many? I'd five. like to get to 40. Steve Mendes got to 40, didn't he? Yeah. He was, he was some player, though. No, come on. Give me an honest answer. How many years do you want to play? Um, oh, will, will you go again next year? Are you undecided? We know he's going again next year, but no, how many more years do you want to play? No. You've not had that chat with him, but I have. How many more years do you want to play? Don't know. Give me a number. I don't know. Will. Okay. Well, at least How one. many more years do you want to be a pundit on Dave or something? <laughs> I'm not a pundit. I'm not on Dave. Based digital. John, we're having a serious conversation. I know, but I don't know, Will. There is no answer. Okay, fine. Sometimes in life, Will, yeah. there aren't answers. Right. Okay, fine. There okay. just is. Listen, things. so go back to the romance in sport, right? Mm. Mark, stop breathing like that down the microphone. It's really off Might burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why people, like, people are unsubscribing on a weekly basis because of the, the sound qualities. Of this podcast, it was bad last week, wasn't it? It really was bad. But we're in my flat oh now. My we're, God, yeah. we're in my house now, Daddy. <laughs> we're in my house now, Grandma. Can I get? A, can I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? You can trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> the meatloaf. Um, was that Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Adam Sandler played that part. Yeah, and well, it was Ben Stiller who 
said that. Adam Sandler. You're in my house now, Grandma. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want a glass? And the grandma says, trouble you for a glass of warm milk. <laughs> you can I can trouble you with a glass of shut, shut the, the hell up. up. You're in my house Check now, Grandma. Check out the grandma. name tag. You're Bet in my word. Then he does the sword across his neck outside <laughs> the window. Yeah. Anyway, can we get back to a serious point, John? Okay. Yeah. And Mark, to a certain degree. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I think that because it happens so quickly, and it is like a flash your career. You know, you go up to what, 33, 34, not flash, not a pun. Flash as in 33, 34, 35. It's all over, right? That's, that's a fraction of your life. There's still a long way to go. Mm. You've only known rugby league. It's all you've done. You know, that's what mm. you've dreamt about and what you've lived for and so on. So, for example, Terry Flanagan. I was around Terry Flanagan's house, whenever it was, a couple of months ago. We went down into his basement. It's like Meet the Fockers. He's like he's like oh. Robert De Niro from Meet the Fockers. He has a oh, single. Well, talk about Terry's basement. Well, I'm not going to give away too much information, but there's a, there's a few pictures on the wall. There are a few pictures on the wall. Um, Lions tours to New Zealand, 1984. A few years, like that. Australia, New Brian Zealand. Noble was in the picture, and just talking to Terry, I think you know at the time. When you look back on it, it's great. That sort of moment, you go down and you're talking about it, you're reminiscing and so on. You're going to have all those moments when you look at your shitty little Super League ring, Mark, that you don't even like and you try to melt down and make into your wife's wedding ring because you don't want to pay for a wedding ring. Whatever. Good idea. (laughs) Thrifty. Tight. S for Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) Could do that. Sophie. But do you understand where I'm coming from? I think you don't, you, obviously, you, you can't, as a player, get embroiled in the romance and the emotions of the game. That's not romance. That's just... It's romance. You that's want just it. remembering the good times. I'm sure John's... Yeah, but that's yeah. romantic. To, well, to, it's, just it's romantic no. to look. It's romantic to look back at a packed-out Old Trafford where you won a game at half-back Yeah, but that doesn't give you final. the right to win that match so you can finish on a high. No, no, it doesn't give you the right. I'm not saying it gives you the right. But it's I'm not say- fair that you win that because of romance. I don't mean romance in terms of you're entitled to something. I mean romance in terms of Wilco's looking back at 16 years of somewhere. So many memories, so many friends, so many enemies, so many memories, so many moments that you, you, you're going to obviously get caught up in and going to be thinking about in these remaining games of the season no matter what no matter how much you say I'm putting it out of my mind mm. that's that's where it's at now and I think there's, there are so many years ahead of you um, to look back on all of these things and it's going to be over and, and I well, just think should, John shouldn't carry on just because he thinks, oh, he'll give when I'm fifty, he'll give me a few more memories to remember then. No, no, uh, I don't. Should I live in the moment. This isn't about me telling him to carry on. This is about even if you quit now. No, no I, I, I'm. I, the weekend has made me more reflective about my career than than I can tell. Had we won, I think it's made me more reflective. And on what you've done and what you've achieved. Sixteen years in rugby league, mm-hmm. I could press like play and just like a million images and sounds and sights and smells and people and situations and laughs and you know being upset and all of these things can come flooding back to you but all of those things have contributed to where you are now aren't they so you're only in the position you are now because of all of that sort of wealth of of time and history and and would I change where I am now no I wouldn't change where I am now and there's there's good and bad and and or, or there's 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 ups and downs and there's all, everything in a sports career. But ultimately, like I, I'm really fond about my time in St. Helens. I'm really passionate about us winning more games before the end of the year and winning some big games, and that's it. But then, what I'm what when I say there's no romance in sport is romance 
doesn't just exist it's action that dictates romance and when you don't do the action romance isn't there is it it's not there it's like making love to a beautiful woman in order to have winning a romance, super leagues is very much like to, making love to a beautiful woman you've broken. got to pet her gently for example Mark might not like mention this but I'm going to do it because I don't yeah. care what he thinks so be careful a few years ago Mark was uh, well before he was at Salford was thinking mm. you know I've had enough rugby league and we had a conversation and we talked about it and I just kind of, you know, asked him a few questions. We listened to it. We were sat on Formby Beach. I don't know if you remember that, Mark. We were sort of sat there mm. talking about the future. No, you're looking like you don't remember this. No, moment. I do. And, and I said to Mark that, and look, this isn't coming from sort of Oracle because some person that's never played professional sport, but from just life experience in terms of you're looking back at a moment which is going to be over very soon and you've got plenty of years to do other things in, yeah. in, in your life. And I think because of the environment that you guys are coached within and that you grow up in and that you've been professionally involved in for the last 20 years, you don't necessarily appreciate that it, it is going to be over, it is going to be over soon, and how that is going to affect you. Yeah, but you can only think and act on, on, on what's going through your mind at that point. And it, when you play sport, it can, it can be really intense. And you can be in a, your own little bubble... And if things aren't going your way, it can maybe not get you down, but sometimes you think, why, why am I putting myself through this stress when there's a million other things I can be doing where I might enjoy it more? And and I, I was never going to not play. I was always going to, but for for, ta- for half an hour here and there, you do think about what else you could do. And, and, and if you are getting frustrated with a certain subject or not playing or being injured or loss of form, it can be frustrating and it, there's, there's good times there's bad times throughout your career and but you've got plenty of time to do those other things yeah but oh, in, yeah, in, yeah. in that yeah I, I agree with yeah. that but in that when you're in a mindset where you're frustrated you don't think well I'm just going to carry on being frustrated and being pissed off just because no. I, I might not be able to do it forever I think there's a lot of pressure when you're in uh, and you'll understand this well in a public position where you're doing something that is perceived you should be happy to be doing mm. And I always struggle with feeling guilty about not being happy doing it at times mm. because people look at you and think you're a professional sportsman or you're a broadcaster and, mm. you know, you've got this amazing life and, look, you love it, you should be loving this, what, you get to keep fit for a living, what, I'm, like, digging holes for a living. You should be happy. Mm. But sport is, like, such a fickle industry that it, it makes you happy and unhappy in equal measure throughout the course of your career. Mm. And I always felt guilty about feeling unhappy, about about not enjoying it. There would have been times during your career when you thought, yeah. oh, what's... Well, you're not in, not in... Look, I'm stubborn, like a really stubborn guy, but there's times when you don't enjoy what you do. Mm. And that... We, we've, we've become, like, so obsessed with punishing ourselves. Like, the human race is obsessed with punishing itself. Like, fe- feeling, like, not unhappy with something that you're doing well, you should actually be really humble and really enjoy what you're doing all the time. And, and that's, it's like life lessons that make you feel bad about what, you do, what you're doing. And I just think we've just got to be kinder to ourselves. And I think sport can be really cruel, like in a cruel environment. Do you know? And, I, and, and the things that I, I love about it are the things that make me loathe it as well. Um, so would just, I so are you, are you, you said, would you change it? No, but... Would, but are you happy with 
is there anything else you would have wanted to have done there? Not like, oh, I wanted to win the league every year, you know, nothing stupid like that. But I'm talking about, do you feel complete? Does that whole journey, for want of a less wanky word, feel complete those 16 years? Uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, grand finals were the biggest. Just like, if I could change anything, mm. I would go back to and, that point and win one of them. And what will you miss most about Saints? Um, the people, not not necessarily the rugby, but the people, the players, the the. Fans. Look, as a thirty-four-year-old guy being in a dressing room with with younger men, um, it keeps you young. Like it mm. keeps your mentality young, and I think we're all keen to grow up and like move on. But I've actually loved the energy that feeling and like feeling young gives you and and I think that comes from being around younger guys who've and and what's helped me actually play as long as I have is looking at the enthusiasm from younger people and thinking it reminds you of where you were and it reminds you of of, of that that initial when I walked into St Helens as an 18 year old kid and walked into the changing room like that feeling has sort of dissipated over time but Seeing younger players feel like that reminds me of it and it enthuses you, I think. Mm. Do you think yeah. you could still do a job for someone? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Go on. Well, no, well, yeah, that, yeah, no, I've got, I, I do. But I mean, Willie Mason might disagree, but. Um, <laughs> do you know? I like Willie Mason. The fact that he said whoever this, so he's not seen me that, play before. I love that. Yeah. That's Have you John met Wilkin. him before? I think I played against him. So he doesn't know him. who you are. No, I think he was on the bench for Catalan when we played him. <laughs> Oh, that's John Wilkin as well. That's small J on probably. purpose as well, wasn't it? Because it, it was there a H it, in it, it would auto correct. No, no, it was well, just he, a J. He must know you because John's ninety nine percent of the time is spelled with a H. Mm. You're no H, so he must. We do realise when you announce know. where you're going. If, maybe if you're retiring, whatever you're doing, yeah. we're going to do a whole um, podcast on that in particular. Okay, so there's well, plenty more to go over these. This, but I, I feel. Do you not feel something, Mark? How do you feel? I no. need. There's not a lot in there. Yeah, I mean, often, in my heart yeah do you not feel quite no I think you're a bit mixed up with your own though no no I think you've got this wrong Mark. John who's got a bigger heart Mark you're will. sat there with a tennis racket in your hand you've been looking at the ceiling like you know you express I'm, I'm not, looking for flies to yeah. kill yeah there's a, there's a certain I'm like sort of, Sid from Toy Story there's a, certain, <laughs> there's a certain level of autism about you Mark which um, you know we, me and John just accept you've got it. autism you have okay that's we what are, people, I think everybody's on the spectrum yeah. aren't they no, we're all, I think Mark, I've, I've maybe got Mark a just heart. a little bit more then. Uh, well, yeah, quiz definitely. question John who's got a bigger heart Will or me <laughs> um, could you put the racket down <laughs> why swatting racket down uh, yeah I'd say Mark thanks Will, Will's heart is is what I'd say is, is wrapped in concrete and very very cold <laughs> just the way I like it uh-huh, um, uh-huh. should we do some questions yeah what you mean that question time I, I just but Mark before we do that I just feel the reason I'm trying to explain I just feel like this was a kind of I wasn't expecting this podcast to go this way you know I just I just feel it's quite a a sort of a bit of a landmark not just in John's career it's quite a sombre note isn't it yeah it's, it is it's, it's not it's not. It's not no, somber. No. It shouldn't be somber. Are you happy? No, I want Are it to you be somber. Happy? Genuinely, I want it to be sad. yes. Look, I, like I said, things in life are not good or bad. They just are. The, the things that happen happen. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in like romance and all of that. What happens happens, and 
well, all you do in life is with the information you've got is make sense of it and try and make a decision, don't you? And mm. you get it wrong and you get it right. And that sport, you get it wrong sometimes, you get it right. Does it make you a bad person or a good person? No, it just makes you who you are. And like, I'm well and truly at peace with what I've done in, in rugby. I've won everything domestically that you can win. Mm. I beat in Australia at the Sydney Football Stadium, which is something, you know. I was at that match watching. As a, as a, Didn't know you then. As a teenager, would you say you'd do that? No. How old were you? Um, no, I'm saying oh, right. when you look back as a, as but a young fellow, weren't you? Yeah. I played for the team that I supported as a kid. I, you know, it's 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 a good World Cup challenge. Place. Yeah. All, you know, all of them, yeah. Anyway, let's stop being nice to John Wilkin. In the words of Willie Mason, he's the biggest pussy ever to play rugby league. Should we, do, should we do some questions? Question time. Question, question time. time. Willie Mason. Question, question time. time. Question time. Question, question time. Just this week, I, I messaged Will and said, maybe not, not ask that question because yeah, I was well, sticking was up for your feelings. I thought you would have been sticking, a off. Sticking no. up for your feelings. At the end of the day, like I said, <laughs> I don't know what Willie, Willie Mason can be. Is, is one of them lads and he's, he's one of the bad lads in rugby. Willie Mason. Yeah, and he, he'll have a load of cronies round him. Retweeting. Giggle at what he says and stuff. And well done, Willie. Go Wash cars. Mm. You can't. Um, it's only the second C bomb we've had, I think, on the whole. Yeah, probably series. don't need. We don't well, need that, mate. It was probably justified. Unnecessary. Mark, it was probably justified. You could have called him a Wally. Wally Mason. Okay. Wally. <laughs> Wally Mason. Oh. Oh. Um, question time. Question, question time. time. First question this week comes from Neil McKeown. He says, "Question time." Question first time. Thing. He says, "Question Thanks, time." Neil. Would you rather look like Ben Westwood? in brackets, Sloth from the Goonies, or Chris Hill, in brackets, The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> as these, hold on, this is one more sentence, as these are both ugly as fuck. And there's a picture. Chris Hill. John Wilkin. Chris Hill. Chris Hill. Any uh, particular Benny reason? Westwood has a kinder face. Uh, so I've got Benny so. Westwood. I think he just looks happy. Looks like a happy simpleton. Um, okay. Right. He's simpleton. It's like he's literally got nothing. You know, some of this just. I don't worry about anything. <laughs> you know, just Things don't cross my mind. It's happy all I'm the time. happy. Is Chris Hill a plumber? He's a. I think he's. He's got a plumbing business. Plumbing he's got business. a plumbing degree. Yeah. Is, that, is that just a bit of PR? Or is he actually he's got a plumbing does, degree? Does he, does he go home and unplug people's yeah, pubes from showers? He's just literally. Yeah, that's what he's got. <laughs> that's all plumbers do, is it? Will. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he did. A, he played at Lee before he was at Warrington. He was part time. I think he's a qualified plumber. And do you imagine okay. getting home and just seeing Chris Hill under your sink? <laughs> be weird, wouldn't it? With his head guard on instead of a hard yeah. hat. Yeah, exactly. He just got. He's got his. <laughs> Head scrum cap on. Oh, like, well, we're going to have to rip all this out. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Said, uh, Will's all your immact pubes are blocked up your sink. Oh, there's nothing there. I'll show you right now. Look, that's where in my house. Let's have a look. Oh, let's have a look at your tattoo next to it. A bit lower. That one? MCFC. MCFC, left, yeah. Left, what left, the other button? This one. Your name it says right your name. Oh, Why or you? Connection. That was your name. More tattoos to come on episode twenty-seven. Um, Steve Wood. Steve W O three one five seven six five three four eight. Big, big friend of the <laughs> show. Jibbers. <laughs> the same two question, 
question makers both do every question week. Question makers, I like that as a phrase. But why, why do you think he chose maker. so many numbers? That, why did he choose what? so many numbers after um, uh, after what essentially is Steve Woe? That, that, <laughs> no, that tells me he doesn't want to be found. Oh, there's a lot of Steve Woes in the world. No, no, he has to find a unique want, number. Can I, well, I, think we should, I think we should investigate the situation. I've just clicked on Steve's um, profile. Avatar. Avatar. Uh, there isn't actually a picture, so it's just a, yeah. a blank avatar of kind of a, a, a head with no neck, just hovering above a, a, a body. Um, and uh, he's got—he t- follows twelve people. Uh, he's got four followers. Who does he follow? He's a fake profile. So his four followers, but he's very active on on Twitter. His four followers: a guy called Alan, uh, James Shaw, Beef Moments. Who's he following? Beef <laughs> Moments. <laughs> he's, like he's a really, an oxo. Sounds like a really Here bad we go. dish. This is who he's following. Are you ready for this? Pub. Jamie Peacock, MBE. Danny Maguire, Callum Watkins, Ryan Hall, Leeds Rhinos, Whippets and Flat Caps. Whippets and Flat Caps. That's us, yeah. yeah, that's Qu- us. Well done. Quiz man. the play. Uh, which, if you're wondering what that is, the acclaimed production from Siren Sester Festival Theatre, now playing in the West End for a strictly limited run until the 16th of Are June. We, what are we doing going through all of his people? No, no, followers? no, there's only 12. Uh, only- Robbie Fowler, uh, Sam Womack, who is someone off EastEnders. So he's a Leeds Rams fan. Um, from Siren and Rob Sester. Burrow. Okay, and he's got four followers. Yeah. Should we start a plea to get him more? Steve War 357. Uh, well, it's a catchy. Get, it's- get him some more followers. Let's get them four up to. Ten. I'm not sure I want to encourage people to engage with him. Steve Wo three one five seven six five three eight. Anyway, the question this week from Steve, uh, that's Steve Wo three one five seven six five three eight, is why does the referee sometimes allow a quick? It's not a great question, Steve. Uh, allow a tip, a quick tap to be taken from a the tick penalty. Tap. A tick, 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 tack, tack, tick, 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 um, taken from a pen and penalty. Oh God, I, I can't do it. Why, is he, why does he allow quick taps? Essentially, then, sometimes and, and not other all times the time. Not. It's because and there's zero consistency. He says the team that are tapping the ball, all their plays have to be inside the twenty meter line. Can I throw another reason in? That's one reason. Another reason. John is with another reason. The refs are blowing out their ass and they need a rest. Sometimes. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. T- sometimes. Time. I think sometimes games are quicker in the sun. Controlling the situation. Yeah, just like, let's slow this down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of techniques for that. If I'm tired, I'll try and slow the game down. Well, Catalan did it at the weekend against us. Walked to scrums, didn't pack scrums down. Tie your shoelace. Trip up and then pretend you've hurt your knee. Physio comes on. Is that what you do? Magic sponge and then you'll feel a bit better a minute later. God. Um, It's not like you just slow things down. Even when I'm... Adding input oh. on the show. Wow. Um, this is why I love doing this podcast because questions like this. Beef moments. Not that I'm trying to influence. Beef who's moments win this. is one of my favourite Twitter <laughs> handles of all time. Uh, his actual name is Steel O'Neill. Steel O'Neill. It's beef moment. Beef moment. Steel what O'Neill's, is beef, what is Steel beef, O'Neill's good enough as what it is. What is a beef moment? Have you ever had a beef moment? Um, uh, and, and then his, his, his avatar, just underneath his avatar, not that we're going to do this through everyone's, uh, yeah. because that will be here a long time, but he says, we all can't speak. Make Morgan. Morgan. Correct. So Beef Moments question is this week on episode 26. An evil wizard destroys all humans except you and forces you to choose an animal to breed with to create a new species to take to our place. To take our place. Yeah. Which animal do you choose and how do you mix the body parts together? In brackets, 50% human, 50% animal. John Wilkin. I'd mate with a silverback gorilla. I was going to go gorilla. Fucking Why? 
Uh, just quite fancy him. Always yeah. been a fan. And how and fit and ratio wise? Um, well, what I'd do is I would retain. I'd say the. Well, sorry, how long would you have sex with the animal for? Uh, what are we talking about? Well, probably if it's consistent with my sex life, maybe two to three minutes. So that would <laughs> oh, a little push. bit, a little bit of foreplay, and then pretty much get things wrapped up as quick as possible. <laughs> Sometimes the best way, isn't it? Less painless for everyone involved. Well uh, done. Well done. Let's have a shower. And and and, uh, and no, how actually, would this animal look? How would this beast look? Um, it would look a beast. little bit like uh, if you imagine Luke Thompson. Yeah, he's not, not a bad looking. Like. He's not a bad looking guy, is he? No, so it'd be half human, half silverback gorilla. Which so is Luke which, Thompson. Which half would you take of the silverback? I'd just human? take Luke Thompson, which is an exact blend of a human and a silverback gorilla. <laughs> a gingerback gorilla. Yeah, an albino gorilla. Oh, albino. Do they Mark, exist? Yeah, they, they do, do now. Don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Flanagan. Um, I would breed with a koi carp. <laughs> oh, gosh. For, what, what, for one, the good luck. So everything would be what lucky. What do you mean, good luck? Oh, good luck. That's why that people in, have tattoos on. Good luck, as in he. No, hey, he would be good luck because hey. I'd take the bottom of the koi carp yeah. and have a uh, population of mermaids. Like male and mermaids. Well male and female mermaids. I, I reckon there's a lot of rugby league players with koi carp tattoos. Yeah, and they'd the fit forearm. in as well. Yeah. Can, so they did adjust well to the bottom half because yeah. they've already got carps on their arms. Can you get male mermaids? I don't think I've seen them. Merman. A merman, yeah. Merman. Yeah. yeah. They've never seen the way around. Okay. Got, a maid and a man, merman. Yeah. No, so, so just to legs. clarify, the, the, it would be 50-50, would it just be a 50-50 switch from, from fin to, to upper body of a human? Yes. Okay. Um, good, good question. Yeah, very good question. Um, Stringy Bob says, uh, and there's a picture of a cock, as in a chicken, not at someone's cock. I think, is it, I mean, is that a no, chicken? No, it's a, a womble. It's, a, it's, a, it's half womble, half a cockerel. Half chicken, half, half cock, half womble. And, it's a wackerel. Uh, it is a wackerel. And Stringy Bob says, what's your, <laughs> <laughs> you're a cock. What's your oh, favourite? What's your favourite example of players who are rugby league geniuses, but absolute dipshits in the normal world? Specific examples of that dipshittery would be good. I think both our assistant coaches, who are best friends, are mm. rugby smart, but then daft as brushes. Gleeson. Gleeson and Long. The fact that they did, um, what was the betting scandal when you were at Saints? Uh, 2005 4, 5, 4 and they knew Saints were going to play a weakened team against Bradford and get battered yeah and they where did they put the bet on it was they had a like, bet on their own accounts under their own names loads of cash for Saints to lose <laughs> and, and lo, they got lo and behold the Stan James went hang on a minute this is Sean, weird Sean Gleeson and Sean Long and Martin Gleeson both played <laughs> for Saints bet for us to lose so what was the punishment three month ban Costas. 30 grand was it as well yeah did they win more than the 30 grand we the won bet? the challenge cup final and then we we were top of the league mm. won the challenge cup final in 2004 Gleese uh. and Longy got banned and from that point to the end of the season we would have finished bottom of the league mm. had the is league that how bad you formed. are yeah did you have to play halfback uh, is that why I didn't know unfortunately oh let's not go there again sorry yeah um, well, in terms of rugby smarts very intelligent very intelligent. very intelligent. I remember um, being in a hotel lobby in Newcastle with Longy, and we'd been out for a beer the night before. Newcastle in this country. Newcastle in Australia. Australia, mate. mate. And um, go to Fanny's. Is it Fanny? What was the big we, club called? Fanny's, Fanny's yeah. Yeah. Fanny's, Fanny's nightclub, yeah. And we, we're world renowned. Um, 
we were in the hotel buffet sort of breakfast area and there was the little have you ever seen the two sort of half spoon mesh things that you grab tea with loose leaf tea yes. I've got one in so there so you yeah. squeeze it it you opens do. you grab the tea and it becomes like a mini sort of metal, metal uh, tea bag yeah. essentially well there was a businessman just at the breakfast buffet and Sean had got the tea bag holder and he, he pressed it and it opened and he just made a noise and he went Pop. and I just looked <laughs> over at him and he was just on his own and it, he opened it again he went Pop like that and the businessman who stood next to him just looked down at Sean and he just looked at him in the eye and he went and opened it again and then he went and chased this businessman trying to get his nose with the tea strainer I was like we're in this hotel in Newcastle the thing was Longy had nobody around him like literally nobody to impress and he's just chasing a suited businessman out of a hotel reception with the tea strainer like some kind of weird loose leaf tea chicken oh god yeah Mark I can't beat that okay no. we'll move on Paul Swift former winner I think Swifty uh, says would you rather lick a toad's back or slurp up an earthworm like a delicious bowl of pasta Mark Flanagan don't when you lick a toad's back don't you get hallucinogenic effects <laughs> I think you might do actually yeah, yeah. it's like LSD isn't it mm. I'm sure I've true? seen that in a film but the, was yeah it, I'll try that yeah is that not the League of Gentlemen <laughs> no <laughs> the beach or was that snake's blood I can't remember uh, anyway so John yeah, I'd have it probably like a toad. See what happens. Start talking to a painting. <laughs> K.Y. Robbo. I've done that in here many times. You might have yeah. noticed the Lowry painting on the way in. With a slide roll. Is it genuine? It? No, genuine, yeah. No, it's not. So don't burgle me. It's uh, not genuine. It's is a it? genuine. Go and look at it. Well, because yeah, I know Will, the difference between a real Will, Will went to school with Winston Churchill. Winston. Hey, Winston. Winston Churchill. K.Y. Robbo. Go on. And what? Got no and what? And what, mate? What, bro? Uh, what's the most outrageous non-rugby thing you've seen a teammate do on a tour away pre-season trip? John Wilkin. Um, I probably that Sean Long story. <laughs> Darren Britt was drunk and confused in Portugal on my first pre-season camp. Staggered into Mickey Hyam's bedroom, I think. Might have been Mickey Hyam's bedroom. And he was just not making sense anyway. He sort of said he needed to go to the toilet. He did a turd in the bathtub that I can only describe as it was a cow pat. It was that big. Ooh. It was literally a mound of sloppy, runny mess in the bathroom. Maybe he was intolerant to something. Maybe. Maybe he'd be yeah, allergic <laughs> to meat. Uh. Um, my first year at Salford... We went and trained with the paratroopers for a couple of days down in Colchester, I think. And we were sleeping in the army barracks in like a big um, sports hall. And we started put up uh, beds with sleeping bags on top. And on the final night of the camp, we all had a few beers with the, um, the sergeants and the officers and had a few too many to drink. Uh, and then we all went back to the, the, the hall to go to bed. And one player was sleeping in the bed next to Ian Watson, our coach. Fell asleep and then woke up in the middle of the night. And as he came, as he woke up, another lad walked in and saw him just look around. Couldn't find a toilet in his piss state and then decided to piss on his own bed next to the coach who got up and started watching him. 
said, what are you doing? He then turned around and said, don't worry about it, coach, and then jumped back in bed and fell asleep. Pissed in his own bed. Mm. Yeah. Self-sacrifice. Gosh. I'm to make this a really bad night for myself. Gosh. Um, Who was it? Yeah, what was his name? Can't say. Walla Haraki. Go on. No. Initials? You've got five guesses. Um, Robert Louis? No. Luke Burgess? He wasn't there then, so it's no. Okay. Can I get, do I get another guy? No. Lannan. Lannan. Oh, no Big. comment. No comment. Uh, <laughs> definitely wasn't. He looks like a one lad. Um, Gary, quick answer to this one, please. John Wilkin. What quote or saying do people quote about rugby league that's complete bullshit? The greatest game. Following on from it's a winger's job to finish drive. Um, yeah, the greatest game is probably the best yeah, one. It does matter, <laughs> Yeah. Why? Tell the, everybody. The greatest game is subjective. Because she no, thinks think the greatest game. No, you think it is, but you can't say it as a fact. It's not. So I, in my opinion, rugby league is the greatest game. Right. Uh, Les Quirk, as the Whippets podcast not is without doubt achieving cult status and soon to go in brackets, not in brackets, in quotation marks, stratospheric with many a subscriber, mm. believing it. that they mm. discovered you first. Mm. Who is your all-time rugby league cult hero? See what he's done there. Mine is... Have I said Mike Sutherland? Have I s- no, you haven't. Have I told the story about Mike Sutherland? Mark's just caught a fly. Got everyone. It. Well done. Mark, Mike you've Sutherland. <laughs> you've got to hit the fly. Um, I did. My cult hero is not somebody that people would know. Go on. So uh, they. It was Mike Sutherland. Now, Mike Sutherland is a name nobody will recognise from the game of rugby league. Mm-hmm. But when I signed for St. Helens, he was our nutritionist. Okay. Mike Sutherland had been hired off the back of working with the Great Britain. He was working with the Great Britain team. He was a nutritionist for the British athletes, uh, specifically uh, Darren Campbell, Dwayne mm-hmm. Chambers, who'd been mm-hmm. working with them. Mm-hmm. And Mike was giving us what appeared to Gear? be really forward-thinking nutritional advice. Mm. So he said... Giving us what we thought were flu jabs, but ended up being no, something else. there's nothing too shifty uh-huh. like that. Chambers. He told us things that when you look back on things that he said, um, it really should have raised question marks long before it did. He told us not to eat tomatoes because really? the seeds gathered in your scrotum. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> and, did, and did what? I was wondering what you were going to well, say, gathered. The seeds then. gathered in your scrotum. What did they do there? Well, no, they don't, well, they don't gather in your and scrotum. Hang out. Obviously, they don't gather in your scrotum. But why was he so anti tomato? Um, I don't know. He was trying to, what he was trying to do is flex his, um, his knowledge in, in uh, nutrition, in sport. And why was he doing that? Well, because he, he was to. a con man. <laughs> a con man. <laughs> Mike Sutherland was a fireman in Salford four days a week. And the other four days a week, he was pretending to be a nutritionist. Just like the Beatles you know, song, Eight Days a Week. Do you know how he got found out? Um, we my, went to Club La Santa in Lanzarote and Mike Sutherland said he'd been there over a hundred times with all his athletes and you know him and him and Darren Campbell had, had had many camps in Club La Santa. And we got there and we were in reception and one of the lads was like, uh, Mick, where's the uh, toilets? He's like, I ain't, I'm not a clue. <laughs> and then that started a conversation that was happening. He didn't know where the toilets were. You Why start, did he not you know? You start where? talking to each other like, do you think, do tomato seeds really gather in your scrotum? Yeah. Anyway, you he used to right? take blood samples from us. And like, what? 
this fireman in Salford was doing with our blood samples, I will never know. <laughs> he, he even tell you, he'd come back and say, like pretty much like your allergy tests, he'd come back and say, look, um, you know, you're more tolerant to fish protein mm. than, than chicken protein. You're intolerant to rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he, he was a fireman, he was a fraud. God. He was my so cult like, How long hero. did he get away with it for? Uh, well, two years. It sounds two like years. a great guest for episode 27. Yeah, I'd love to speak to him. Call him out? Well, he won't come on because he's disappeared and never been seen again. Mm. So anyway, he, he could only work four days with us because he was doing four days with the British Olympic well, athletes. About, about three. There's seven days in a week. Yeah, but he's four on, four off with the fire service. No, not a week, then, just four. Yeah. Mark, yeah. rugby league cult hero? Um, Terry Flanagan. I enjoyed watching Nick Fozard, just though his running style and the fact he had two big arm pads. Very upright runner. Mm. and he had a face like Sloth from the Goonies <laughs> and he's a lovely guy he also used to his party trick was put a plastic bag on his head mm. strip off naked asphyxiate himself and pleasure himself wank, wank himself off in a cupboard like Michael Hutchins yeah and he did that on the team bus coming home from games and did it in the gym and in fact used to do naked chins in the gym every day um, Asphyxiated chin. Yeah. Also like to put lots of pseudocrum around the end of his phallus and then peel the skin associated with the end of his phallus <laughs> back and say to the physios, is this normal? <laughs> Every day. Every day. Would he be comfortable with you telling these stories? Uh, I don't care. He's writing a book. He's probably going to put them in his book. Isn't Groundbreaking, <laughs> isn't it? Les Quirk, good question. I mean, so he's stolen all his exclusives. What we have to them. do here is get, like, essentially what on the surface might not seem like a fantastic question. It's associated with the answer as well, Mark, isn't it? So let's think about that one, which is the winner uh, this week to go for uh, lunch for four. On so you're Sunday. thinking Les Quirk? So I'm not trying to influence the. Arigi Bianchi is a great furniture store. Family um, furniture Bryn, store. Bryn May. Uh, quick answers now. Come on, let's rattle through these. Would you rather be a bit part player in a top quality team or a star man in a shite team? Bit part, top quality. Bit part, top quality. Andy Moore. Who do you think are the up and coming managers, players playing their trade outside of the top flight? All the best players in the league below. Do you know that, any of them? That are doing really good do you know stuff. any of them? Uh, do you keep an eye on the leagues below you? No, I don't know. No, I'll don't be honest, know. I'd be lying if I said okay. I knew I don't. Mark? Yeah, but um, That's weird though, isn't it? You don't know anyone playing the trade in the championship. It's not on TV. I don't well, watch a lot of rugby league It's not on TV really. and I don't buy the rugby league papers, so how would I know? Good answer. Um, that's a whole other debate, isn't it? Sean Bibby, do the guys have any opinions on recent incidents between fans and players? RE, woman swearing at Chris Hill. Fans getting involved in the Saints-Warrington fracas, the Kenny Edwards ball-throwing, they hit the little girl, and the lack of apology still. Moving away from a family game? Uh, well, it's brutal, I've not it? seen any of those, so I can't comment. It's a brutal sport anyway. I know we connect it to families, but why is it a family sport? Because people take the kids to it. Doesn't necessarily mean the content's family-proof, does it? No. Because we're a family sport. What? It's always been associated as a family game, no, isn't it, rugby? Families, families, families go. Women, women love rugby league. Mm. So therefore, mothers and fathers take the kids because the mothers and fathers tend to go together. Mm. What do women like rugby do? league. I don't know. He's going to be a handful, isn't he? Full stop. Throwing a ball at a little girl, lack of apology still. Don't know what that was. What did a little girl do? She might deserve it. Depends it. with his context. <laughs> if, he, if he was like just... Knocking around in boots. He might have warmed up and she said, Oh, Kenny Edwards, you're terrible. Yeah, Yeah, but he could be anywhere, couldn't he? If he's at like a garage, he's just filling up. What is the, I mean, how old do you have to be to throw, to to get away with throwing a ball at that person? You can't. 
You never should be able to get away with it. No? No, you shouldn't. I bet you'd have liked to have done something to that kid that told you your shit, Mark. Well, that's why I kind of brought up the previous point. I know it is, yeah, yeah. but what do you want to do to that kid? <sighs> Probably just electrocute him with his small tennis racket. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, it's just for flies. Um, small John Wilkin from Nick Johnson, teammate you've hated and couldn't stand the most. Hated? I don't think he hated a teammate. He's got another fly, He must have hated someone. Uh, no. Teammate. Hey, it's a very strong word. Well, it is, but right, you couldn't stand the most. Teammate, you couldn't no. stand. Well, he asked John Wilkins, so he's on well, the I think you think about it. Yeah, well. we'll do, yeah. Yeah, go on then. You think about it on the block <laughs> that you might knock off. I think you make a bond with teams, Will. And I think you learn to live with people's quirks. I think you're Les, more Les quirk. Les quirks. <laughs> Beat me. Um, but yeah, there's, it takes all sorts of people. So you can't think of anyone that you just couldn't stand as in the in what your own you dressing room. Stand well, that's exactly what I mean. Couldn't stand them. No, can't stand nobody, you. No, you learn to live with people's imperfections. Well, Mark, no comment. A bunch of fucking pussies, both of you. Who can't you stand at the BBC? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, who can't I stand at the? Oh, I see what it's like on the other foot. Who, Weaselcroft. Can't. Hugh, there's a, there's a presenter called Hugh Woosencroft, and he, I can't stand him. Did he used to live with you? Yeah. Subhuman what was he like to live with? Subhuman scum. Okay. Uh, Anthony Fewless, what's the best, worst practical joke that you've played on someone or that was played on you? A good one when we were at Saints, uh, Jamie Foster, who liked his flashcards, told all the lads that he was thinking about having his car wrapped in like a... <laughs> Like a metallic paint. Yeah. So the week after, the lads bought about 25 packs of tinfoil and wrapped his car in it for him, which was quite good. <laughs> uh, also, another one with Jamie Foster is that he was, um, let's say, it was quite sort of out there in how he thought and felt about things. Mm. Um, the lads decided to invite, um, on an illegitimate dating app, mm. Uh, somebody to come and meet Jamie pretending to be Jamie whilst we were all having lunch and this person turned up for a date with Jamie whilst we were there and it didn't didn't go well another one um, Luke Burgess a good friend of you, you two mm-hmm. uh, all season in, his, in the changing room somebody's been stealing his underpants oh, really and socks just like once a week once a fortnight that's you that no, I, I I sit next to him and I know who the guy who's mm. who's been doing it. He's got a fetish, or is it? I've just been stealing these one pair of underpants, one sock sometimes. Mm. And he's been very frustrated and got very wound up with this. And then it's happened all season, and he's dust caps on his car, which he was very proud of. And then we played Leeds last week, cap? and Lee Mossop got sent off in the first half. Um, we went straight down the, the tunnel and got showered, and then was getting changed. And Luke thought, "Well, I'll go and see how Moose is." and See if he's all right. And as he went in, he was about to give him the condolences and see how he was, and then realised that Lee Mossop was playing in his best Levi's underpants. And so he's the culprit. He was a culprit, and that's how he caught him. Deserves the red card. Deserves it. Justice. But very quickly, that reminds me of a Paul Gascoigne story. You might have heard of this. Gordon Drury. You're aware of Gordon Drury, John? Scottish. Yeah. Scottish. Scottish. Rangers. Played, played at Rangers with Paul Gascoigne when Walter Swift was manager. Walter, Walter Smith Swift. Walter Swift. Walter Smith was manager. Uh, Paul Gascoigne arrives at the club and he likes his fishing, Gazza. So he went fishing. He caught this trout, which was a big old trout, you know, a couple of a couple of feet. Mm. Uh, and he uh, 
went into Gordon Drury's car, got his car keys while Gordon was in the shower, pulled back the carpets in his car, like the upholstery, you know, the, not just the sort yeah, of, yeah, not the sort of the foot, sub, yeah, not the sort of foot rug thing. Subterranean layer. Exactly, of you genius. kind of, you get it back and it's stapled down a bit. So he ripped that back, stuck the whole fish in the back, but to a point where you couldn't see it was sort of bulging out and stuck it back down, staples back down and left it in his car and took his car key back and put it back in his in his locker. Gordon Drury comes out, a couple of days go by, he's like, fucking, there's a really bad smell in my car. It's a brand new car, brand new car. And um, he was thinking, well, what am I going to do? He started spraying a bit of aftershave in there, thought it's, it's going to go. Yeah, not sure. It's dupe. Dupe. Dupe, yeah. Old Spice. Mm. Kuros. <laughs> anyway, a few weeks go by, unbearable smell of rotting flesh, rotting fish. Mm. Uh, rotting fish flesh. He, he, had to take his, <laughs> he had to take his car back. He sold, he took his car back to the garage, Gordon Drury, um, because he just couldn't work out what it was. Unbearable, all the windows down, still stunk. Uh, all down to Paul Gascoigne sticking That's a trout on the back of his car. Anyway. A large trout. Large, very large trout. Kieran Jones, any ideas on how to sell out Wembley with Catalan getting there? Mark Flanagan. Sell more tickets. Well, come on, Catalan. There were about seven of them at the Reebok. Put Ed Sheeran on. Well, they're from <laughs> France. It's a semi-final, Mark. Yeah, I know. Major well, it's a final, yeah. Put Ed Sheeran on Durin. Half-time show at the oh, Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Bruce Springsteen. I'm not even joking. Up. Get a big band and make it an event. Big Get band. neutrals turning up. Yeah? Yeah. How many fans do well, Catalan well, have? Would you not just go like reasonably big? No. Band? Massive. Why not? Well, because then the rugby league fans won't be able to get tickets because they'll be well, all they full of Ed Sheeran fans. So, all right then. So, it holds 90,000. You're expected to get 70 rugby league fans. Just get a band that would, you know, bring 20,000. Yeah, but I don't think you would get that traction all right well what bands get twenty thousand? ed sheeran's gets 40 or 50 you know no, what he mean? sells out Wembley numerous yeah. nights matty k why is it that so few english players succeed in the nrl e.g tompkins sergeantson etc and what three current english british players would you choose right now well, i'm going to say this who you think could be successful there i think english forwards succeed in the nrl okay if you're a forward yeah. English forwards who go out there succeed. It's, mm. more, it's sim- more simple. Yeah. James Graham. Yeah. Well, all pretty much all of them. All of them. Me and all the lads. Why do English backs not? Because athletically, there's more talent to choose from in the NRL. More, there's more competition, I believe, athletically in the backs than there is in the forwards. Yeah. And the best, more skillful and the skill set is, is better. They play on hard grounds all year round, play touch rugby in the spare time and they don't play on muddy wet fields throughout the year like we do over here so their skill set is invariably better which three players I'd love to see Callum Watkins Mark Percival and one other Give what, about, one, what about John Bateman John Bateman's John gone Bateman's that's what gone. I mean John Bateman yes um, I'd like to see Mark Percival yes and, and it'll be a shame if someone like Perse it doesn't do it yeah. because he'd earn more money a lot more money over there potentially and he'd be testing himself Jermaine McGilvery Jermaine McGilvery he'd improve catastrophically it'd be interesting to see how Ryan Hall goes yeah although he's maybe not quite his peak past his peak um, Stephen Burns not really a question but do you think that Will looks like Rylan off daytime TV he does on yes. the you do on the cartoon but you don't in real life uh, Dan Hilton who's the biggest lightweight you've ever done a mad Monday with Mm. Biggest lightweight. 
Well, there's loads of people who don't drink very much. Nile no. Evelds, like, our fullback, like, spews up after, like, three pints. I'm just warming up on that. Pathetic. Well, that is pathetic, isn't it? John, mm. think of anyone? Oh, yeah. No? Um, Richard Morton, how on earth can Will Perry get on my TV when inner city sumo and monkey tennis can't? Ah, uh, bullshit. Fucking bullshit. Brian Davis, quietest episode ever last week. Any chance that you could get a bit closer yes, to the Brian, mic? Yes, Brian, we're doing it now. We're doing it now. Get a bit closer to the microphone this time. I'm sure Flash will have some mates with experience of broadcasting who could give you some tips. I'm sure he can. Oh, I like that. Um, Christoph Eckert, I you think is how you say his name. Uh, we've, we've been doing this for ages now. Yeah, Mark, just concentrate because you, you, I know you've got autism, but just calm well, down. We've for all a got bit. autism yeah. to a certain extent. Okay, well, you've got more of it than us. You have. Um, would you rather be a fringe player at St. <laughs> or starting for Leeds in the qualifiers? Well, similar to the question well, before. Well, give you your answer. Would you rather start for Leeds, Mark, or be a fringe player? For St. Helens. Start for Leeds. Either win the grand Mark. final or get potentially get relegated so into Mark, the first division. Mark, you, would you rather start for Leeds yeah. or be a fringe player for no, St. Helens? I'd rather play for Salford. No, no. That wasn't the question. But I'm not answering the question. Do you want to start for Leeds or be a fringe player for St. Helens? Fringe player. And also, on that fringe, Mark's fringe is looking healthy. <laughs> Mark, are you going to answer the question? Um, probably rather w- potentially win something than get relegated yeah. so, so you Saints, don't want to play for Leeds in this situation yeah. so you don't want to play for Leeds you'd like, shun that opportunity okay fine um, the egg how do you handcuff a one-armed man as a former referee I'd like to know who you think is the best referee in the game currently now choose one of those questions to answer well don't? firstly you can't you can't unless you handcuff him to something else you can't just well, handcuff, you handcuff him handcuff him to his own ankle yes but that would be, it wouldn't be a handcuff it'd be a, a can Handcuff. Well, it, yeah, that's a fine. Cuff. Well, it's he's not going to move anywhere, is he? No. Where's he going to go? He'd be dancing like that, wouldn't he? Good hop. But then you can still move with your handcuff, can't you? Yeah. Um, I think the first question was better, the egg. Uh, Chrissy Bell's brain explosions. We all have them. Only yours are possibly a little more public. How do players, teammates and coaches respond? Acknowledged or, or the elephant in the room? And can Mark and John recall any particularly cringeworthy moments? They're always acknowledged, I think. Yeah, you, you review all of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Every mistake you make, you review. If the best interests of the game and the team are first and foremost in the player's mind, I think it's forgiven. If it's just selfish, a selfish act, um, not so easy to forgive. Barry, if you could play in one stadium for one game, present or knocked down, which one would it be, John Wilkin? Nasley Road. One more time. The old water sheddings in Oldham. <laughs> Is it knocked down? Yeah. In, in right. That's why I said the old. Terry's jockstrap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Against uh, the Australian kangaroos in 1986. Um, were you born in 1986? No. No. Uh, Alec Heron. You aware of him? Yeah. Uh, are you? No. no. Bird. Has Mark returned his suit to the shop yet? And let me just bring you the picture. Picture one, John Wilkin. Oh, wow, he does look good. <laughs> so the, you're referring to, <laughs> to a picture where I've got a tag. Well, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, here's saying, the next one. I'm wearing a tag that allows me um, access all areas at Chester Racecourse. It's not a tag left? for um, Selfridges where Who's I bought this. Is that oh, that's Tyrone McCarthy? The suit. Tyron McCarthy. Oh, that was the day that you you didn't turn up for the semi-final, yeah, was it? Yeah, it's an access all areas. Marwan Kukash there. Fine. Who did, is that? That's Jackson Hastings with a stupid red bow tie. Did, did, and my jacket. 
Marwan. Marwan has got the goatee. Uh, looking very smart, actually, Marwan yeah. Kukash. I'm surprised his goatee hasn't gone grey over all these years. Bit of just for men. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe. Is there, Marwan? And um, d- did you, I know we touched on this earlier, but did you, I mean, w- and when did you kind of embrace that conversation where you thought, Marwan, just quickly about the money before we have a good day? <laughs> I, uh, it was right at the end of the day and I, I made uh, Luke Burgess asking him on behalf. Okay. And, what, and how did he... Did, he said, 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 fine. He said, how much yeah. was it? He gave him the number and then he just wrote a check, signed it, wrote the number in the box and then just said, you fill out the rest. Oh, so you have got that check but, in your possession? Well, Luke's got it and cashed it, yeah. Perfect. Just waiting for it to clear. John, you've 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 gone through. Do you want to do the question? Please? No, I don't. Okay, you, okay. We, well, let's just rattle through a couple more because we're going a long time. I know, Mark. This oh, is it's a long time for it's you. A long time. Um, okay, and here we go. Uh, Matt says uh, after the end of Sunday's game and the very last act of it, does Ben Barber now understand? Did McLaurin hit him in the face? John, what's up? Sorry, John, back in the room. Yeah. Matt says after the end of Sunday's game. And the very last act of it, does Ben Barber now understand? Oh, he understands, yeah. What did, happened? Did he get hit by McLaurin? I don't know. Didn't see it. Oh. We don't know if he understands or not. Um, Connor M, would you like to see two referee system put into place within Super League? Yeah. One watching the defensive line and one watching the current play, no. like in the NRL. No? Yeah. No, because we don't have enough refs anyway. But if we did have enough good refs, would yeah, you? Yeah, but if we did, but we haven't, so why, how can we do it? If we can tell, had a pair of bollocks, you'd be my uncle. We'd like to do two referees. Yeah, we need more referees. We haven't got enough. Who are you texting, John? Um, my wife. What are you saying my to My wife? Um, well, I text we, my we, wife sometimes. You text your wife. We'll just text random. Well, no, I text, I, you say that, Mark, but I text John's wife um, That's good. yesterday. Or the ladies you meet on Bumble. Do you want me to read you the, or the, the how it went? You, you might be having an affair with so you, I, I text John's wife um, saying, um, what hey, wearing? baby, what are you wearing with some horny faces? Uh, three, faces. three of them. Uh, that stuff I got you from Victoria's Secret. I hope John's not reading this because I don't want him to know about us. So she then sent me a picture back of a woman with a lot of pubic hair coming out of her bikini, <laughs> uh, which isn't actually Fran, just for the record. Uh, and I said, mm, fuck, yeah. Anyway, are you coming on the podcast? You're supposed funny. to come on the podcast. Oh, but she didn't come on. So, uh, that was good, wasn't it? Uh, Rivington Brewing Company. Could you do a cross-code one-off podcast with the Rugby Pod? If not, why? Do you know what the Rugby Pod is? Do you know who does the Rugby Pod? It's a rugby union podcast. JB. With Andy Goode and Jim Hamilton. Oh yeah, good. Andy Good, good friend of mine. Andy Good, great good guy, Andy Good. Great hair, great, great hair transplant. The best hair transplant in the business. Um, Andy Roberts, best Mad Monday fancy dress and Mad Monday story. Mark Flanagan. Um, Todd Carney went as um, the caddy from Happy Gilmore last year. He had one sock. Uh, a large arm. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh, that wasn't the caddy. That wasn't the caddy. Sorry, mate. I, I think he you. borrowed a um, flag from a golf course as well and walked around with it. Paid £100 for an old golf bag with old wooden golf clubs. Wasn't he black, the caddy? From no, he no, was the homeless no, guy that he gave the oh, yes. coach. Yeah, 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 Real sturdy, yeah. Yeah, the wooden hand. Um, mine was Dabby. Josh Perry uh, dressed as He-Man, <laughs> and not for the outfit, but because he did a nude run because he hadn't scored that year. He ran across the road in the nude, turned around, ran back, a police car pulled up, he essentially got pretty much directly in the back of the police car and got escorted off well, and watching He-Man get <laughs> taken away by the police was genius we've both done the same one we both went as Eddie Gardner didn't we yeah and didn't go down well you didn't go down well you kept getting people to th- 
kick up bombs for you and you kept dropping them. Yeah, I didn't like that. Jed Forrest says, uh, have you ever met Bruce Springsteen? If so, could you describe in an absolute uh, minute detail how it profoundly impacted on you emotionally? It's funny that actually, <laughs> That's uh, a good question, Jed, huh? because I was in New York last week. We know I will. And, uh, we I don't know if I've told you this, bo- I told this story. It sounds like you bored everybody, with it? I've told this story. Yeah, he sounds like you bored everybody, yeah, with it? fuck off, Jed. Um, <laughs> thoughts on Hudders since the coaching change John well, Wolford's come in done a great job at Huddersfield better than they were doing much better better than Rick Stone's bleached arsehole not only that they've got a guy called Bumper in who's a defensive coach Mark Andrews from St George Illawarra aye and he's doing lots of contact they're doing lots of tackling talk. and they're doing dead well and doing tackling hard and running hard I'm going to that stadium on Saturday Chelsea are playing there Maurizio Sarri's first game. Soccer. Different different sort of crowd, isn't it? Chelsea well, away. Yeah. To, to, to witness yeah. away. Um, couple more questions. Here we go. No, in fact, there. this is the last question. You ready for it? Yeah. Last question. Will and Mark from Nigel Whisker. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. He says, have you seen the Blue Peter episode which featured John uh-huh. in brackets and his rather flash Porsche? Mm-hmm. This with Gethin Jones. It's the second greatest episode after Lulu, the baby elephant, ran amok and shat on the studio floor. Mm. P.S. Did you get a badge, John? And have any of you ever shat on a studio floor? Firstly, remind everyone of this episode. Well, they did. Blue Peter presenter did a day in the life of a rugby player and he came and stayed with me for a day. Came to my house in the morning, had breakfast. What did you cook him? Came training. We had porridge, a bit of porridge. Do you watch telly on your big yeah and I had a <laughs> in my house had like a deep screen you know the TVs that were deeper than they were wide mm-hmm. uh, we watched some highlights of the rugby game that is this Gethin Jones yes uh, we had massages uh, together okay. slightly homoerotic but yeah. fine um, shower with him yeah and then the flashy actually, Porsche can you explain consequently that? years after we did a five live thing together and he said, oh, I've had a massage with John and I can tell you he's built like a horse. Ooh. Not hung like a horse. No, built like a horse. Ooh, but very but misleading. Hairy, misleading. long tail, uh, yeah. ears. Could you not build Eat one? straw. Likes carrots. <laughs> the Porsche? But yeah, I had a Porsche when I was in my twenties. What kind of boxster? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot Why are you a hairdresser Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that typifies you that. In, uh, have you ever shot on a studio floor anyone just finally no. from Nigel no no um, can, can we I want to watch that episode is there any way we can you can look through the BBC do you know what, do you know what, do you know what I'll do for next week I'll what? find that episode yeah, and it. we'll pump in some audio from it yeah you um, find that of that episode be a good little boy um, okay John Wilkin that's uh, enough for this week mm. so um, would we like to finish with let's just hand select well not hand select let's just open the 1983 Guinness Book of Records and finish with a nice quote are we not finished picking a winner uh, Route 101 Mark beef, beef good, good, good to know you're still the listening beef to the moments beef, beef moments is the winner going to Riggy Bianchi lunch for four any particular Sunday well, and I've also uh, there, there, there is I can confirm that there is a bottle of red wine thrown in on wow. the Sunday lunch Nick Bianchi has bottle confirmed. of blue none um, as, as expensive as you'd like it apparently off the menu um, Room 101 what's going in while the John quote, finds a quote the rugby league is the greatest game okay John Wilkin Room 101 uh, just Willie Mason the big tosser yeah you fucking wanker uh, John Wilkin <laughs> let's finish with this uh, quote please what is the quote um, on the, on the, on the record week- on the, on the what's week, your favourite record in that book on the week that you've announced that you're leaving St Helens John Wilkin will leave you to, to talk the podcast out 
Paul Anderson, as a professional, has bench pressed 627 pounds, which is 284 kilograms, and has achieved 1,200 pounds, 544 kilograms, in a squat. So aggregating that is an 812 pound total, uh, and that's the heaviest powerlift of all time. Is that Paul Anderson that played for Saints? I think it was, yeah, Baloo. Good on him. Yeah. I knew he was strong. Yeah, very bad tattoos and incredibly bad at wiping his bottom. Bye. Good night. Good night.